Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Zach over at uh, War Hippies. Today, I have my first guest. His name is uh, Philip Bythrow. Uh, he's on the phone. Hey, how's it going? So, um, I've been friends with him for for a very, very, very long time, and he recently uh, he recently moved. So I have I haven't been able to see him as much. So I, I figured it would be kind of cool to get him on the podcast, especially since this will only be the third episode when it comes out. So, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Say a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like you said, you know, we've been pals for a long time. Um, I recently moved to Illinois, and, um, you know, I've been doing the music thing for a while, but lately I have been just kind of, you know, listening to music, keeping updated with new music, and focusing more on clothing design, which is what I'm trying to get more into and start an online store, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's me. My name's Beat Trot for, uh, you know, an artist name. But, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking we, we go way back. Um, all right. I want to say the first time I ever saw you was in a baseball field at BCS. You know, that actually sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> well, at least I'd seen you before because you lived on my street, but I didn't know who you were. So I'd seen you on my street. But when I saw you on the baseball field was when it first clicked. Like, I know this guy. And I remember going up to you and asking you what uh, what your address was, what street you lived on. And I was like, yep, he lives on my street. And I couldn't believe how lucky I was because I'd never had that before. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, a long time, it was just me and you. It was kind of cool, you know. And uh, then... I remember we, we had that stupid-ass fight, and we didn't talk yeah. for, like, four years. It was, we, we took out some girl books from the uh, classroom library, and then we were going in, and, and I, I don't know if it was me or if it was you who spit on the book. Somebody spit on the book. <laughs> I fi- It could have been you, but it also definitely could have been me. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either, but... But then, yeah. um, after that, we were fighting over who was going to bring it in, and then, I mean, the rest of it's, like, a little bit hazy for me. I remember going down to a guidance counselor or something, and we were talking about it, and I I remember being, like, upset for no reason. There was absolutely no reason for me to be that upset over that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, when the first first time you get in trouble or something like that, you know, it, it just tends to happen where you're like, you know, wow, this is the end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it was crazy for me, too, because I just moved. With it. We spent the majority of that year best friends, so I, I don't think this happened until, like, the end of the year. Yeah, no, it would have been, you know, what, what, what grade would you say it would be? This was definitely fifth grade. Because that was the first year yeah. I came in. That's right. That's right. Yes. I mean, I think it was around the end of the year, you know. And I mean, like, we, we used to do stupid stuff. Like, remember the fart tickets? <laughs> we, so what we used to do is we, we took these post-it notes and then we'd write fart ticket on it. So every time somebody farted, we had to give them a fart ticket. 
<laughs> I mean, obviously it was just like me and you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'd be sitting on the bus and, you know, if someone ripped one real big, we'd give the other one like the biggest fart ticket we had. <laughs> yeah, we had different size ones and we had yeah, this one giant ones. one that you made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I feel like that definitely set the basis of uh, of our friendship when we reconnected later, because it was still the same stuff, just different. Yeah, I mean, we were always, you know, just pushing the boundaries of what stupid things we could find to do. Uh, <laughs> but, and, uh, I mean, in the end, I think with, with music in relation to that, it's like we, we kind of sobered up in a way. Well, I mean, minus anonymous. Uh, but <laughs> we, and we Benny and like, Pippi G. Yeah, and Benny and Pippi G. But, we, but those were just you know, fun. Right, they were just for fun. But our own music projects, we were like, you know, hey, let's actually like create something good. You know, let's let's you know, um, do music as a serious thing and pursue that, um, which I thought was you know really fun because I never had anyone else to create music with. You know, and and we uh. Like, sometimes I listen back on that stuff and I remember, like, the kind of headspace I was in and, like, can vividly picture me recording that verse or recording that song. And it brings back so many memories because our lives are so different now from how they were then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, things change. They definitely do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, in, in, in relation to, I guess, what... The type of music that I listen to now um, and how it's veered away from rap is, um, I mean, when I when I started making music independently, um, I it was pretty much automatically I sought out more independent artists because it was like, hey, I'm doing this and I want to support everyone else who's doing it too. Yeah, and you put um, me onto a lot of that stuff <laughs> yeah, when you were yeah, doing I mean, it. Like 21 yeah. Pilots, I remember when you told me about him for the first time, I listened to him and I was like, You're like nah. eh, it's in. <laughs> but then I was up in, in Pennsylvania and my cousin was playing it and like I listened to all of Blurry Face and I was like, wait a minute, this is actually <laughs> really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's interesting because that band, you know, is is kind of special in a way that you know it was one of the first independent bands i really got hooked on but also um it was one of the first independent bands to really get played on the radio like all the time massively um, that was massively. everywhere you everywhere. couldn't every station yeah even the stations that didn't normally play that kind of music were playing it it was so yeah. popular yeah it was it was just really interesting to me that you know an independent band could blow up that much and that fast um, and that fast it, it happened you know because I, I mean they were famous when they did vessel but when when yeah i mean they had an occult following in a way yeah know? and then with blurry faces when they blew up yeah yeah and then they waited so long <laughs> to release that third album that everybody was like is this a band anymore did they <laughs> was it I like know, one, too much for them that's what i was wondering i was wondering <laughs> if it was maybe yeah. but yeah i mean yeah. you can you and you can hear a lot of like their influence in our music that we were making at that time no for sure for sure um, because I mean, what, sorry what were you saying? um i because i was listening to it every day so yeah it, yeah, yeah and it really seeped in yeah no me too um no i was just gonna say while we're on the topic of 21 pilots uh <laughs> you recently got to see him 
Well, we 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 recently saw them, yeah. Uh, well, I did, yeah, and uh, I mean they were amazing in concert. Um, you know, much better than I expected. The visuals, everything, it was just top notch. Um, but do you think uh, we should uh, maybe touch on the the fan situation there? Yeah. Okay. So th- th- <laughs> this is one of those bands where they take like cult following to a new level. So you you have like your original fans that were that were always there, and then you have the blurry face era fans. There used to be this app that they made. It was called Click. Oh my gosh! And that was so cringy to me because Twenty One Pilots was not about that. them. Yeah, I and mean it was people it was too over the top. And then the other thing that I didn't like was the huge like depression wave that came with it. Yeah, it was like, and, and that's that's been glorified even more now in pop media. I mean, it's insane. It's just like you know, it's okay to be depressed, but it's not just okay. It's it's like you know, I'm depressed and I want to die, and that's like socially acceptable. You and, know, to just say that all the time. Yeah, and this um, is like something that you know I've I've thought about, and I can't really come to terms with an answer for it. But I feel like, in a way. They kind of made depression cool, if no, you know yeah, what I mean. I can see that, yeah. And you would see like people who were not depressed before suddenly became depressed when they heard Twenty One Pilots. Right, and, and it's not that they like became depressed, but it was like they wanted to jump on the bandwagon. And uh, what really annoyed me, you know, so much is that Twenty One Pilots themselves. Tyler and Josh and the things that they say in their music and everything is all telling their fans not to glorify them exactly. at all. It's all about depression awareness. It's all about trying to help people, but it's never about them. And that's the whole point. But fans have taken it so far where they're putting Tyler and Josh on this pedestal right next to God. And, you know, it's not about the music anymore. But I mean, this this has happened before in music history, and for it's sure, always sure. weird when it does, where yeah. something becomes so popular that it becomes worshipped. Exactly. I mean, it's not a religion, and I'm not going to treat it like one. It's music, and I love it. But you know, it's it's about the lyrics. It's it's not about you know making it into a religion or something. You know. Yeah. I want to talk about. Um, Pimpy G. <laughs> I was okay. I was thinking about this today, and yeah. um, for um, for those of you out there, like we're we're really just having a conversation right now. I forget that there's even a mic on. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, Pimpy G was this character that we had made, and he's basically kind of like a chubby guy. With dreadlocks, kind of like dirty. He's a wook. That's I didn't know it then, but there's a term for those kinds of people, and they're called wooks. Yeah, yeah and he runs a trap house. And- he runs a trap house. Uh, you don't know if he's straight or if he's gay. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's a little bit of everything. So we created this character, and, and Phil voices him. And yeah. I had you... Uh, do the intro and the outro to my Paradigm album. Yep, yep. And it was 
one of those things that came so naturally. It just happened. I mean, mind you, there, there were a lot of retakes because there was a lot of laughing going on. <laughs> but, dude, you did that so fluidly. And every time like somebody will listen to that album, because I've gotten a couple of people over the years to listen to it, they, they always say, man, this album, it's, it's pretty good, but Pimpy G, what's going on there? They always want to know about Pimpy G. <laughs> Never yeah, want to yeah, know yeah. about the actual music. They just want to know about Pimpy G. Yeah. And All right. Well, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll give a little background to Pimpy G. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Pimpy G, he was a, he was a creation of, um, you know, I always wanted this, you know, I always thought I was a little self-conscious about my voice and that it wasn't, you know, low enough and that I wanted to, you know, oh, I sing too high, you know, or whatever. And so I wanted to create this character who was just kind of a badass, you know, and he was, he wasn't really, um, you know, caring what people, other people thought. And, and he was, you know, this big, tough, you know, maybe he was a slob, but he was just, you know, <laughs> he didn't want to get in his way. Uh, so, you know, that was the, the basis for Pimpy G. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really fun to, uh, to make his voice and, and create a character that wasn't myself. Um, but it kind of got in my head a little bit after recording uh, the two songs I did um, by him because it was kind of, um, you know, kind of promoting my aggression or very anger, aggressive. you know. <laughs> He's a very aggressive guy. And so, you know, it was, it was fun and all, but, you know, I feel like, you know, Pimpy G has kind of tapered down just because... I'm not trying to be about that, you know, anger or aggression or any of that. You know, I'm trying to be be a little more chill, you know. Um, no, I would that, completely uh, understand if you don't yeah, want yeah. to. Yeah, no, it's just not it's just not me anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it was fun, you know. It was it was really fun to be him, but um, you know, I overthink things a lot, and and I think. Uh, Pimpy G is one of the things I overthink, maybe, but you know. And that was the same sort of thing with with Benny for me. Right. I, I created this character who was, you know, he was kind of like a trap artist, and it yeah, was yeah. It, Benny, and I would just pitch the voice up, and I would just say the most like ridiculous stuff, sometimes incredibly violent shit that yeah. I could think of, and dude, I made. Two Benny mixtapes. Yep. That's too many Benny mixtapes. I know, I know. Benny yeah, should have been like one song. <laughs> but so we, we were at a point where when we he was doing his Pimpy G and I was doing my Benny, we were making songs together. And, and we, we were creating more music on them. Yeah, and we made this song called Merc. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna that come was... clean about this to everybody. For the chorus for Merc is 100% absolutely and completely ripped off from oh, yeah. another yeah. track, word for word. Yep. But we just made it a little bit more aggressive. And, I mean, we added our own verses and stuff that were original, but that, that chorus, that what makes that song is is ripped off. <laughs> and Yeah, it's I think it's like by a... 
you know, sort of an ICP spinoff band or something. Yeah, I can remember his face. I just can't remember his name. The name of the yeah, but anyways, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, really, you know, what it comes down to is we were in high school and we were just, you know, basically hating life, you know, to put it uh, gently. Um, and we created these characters to escape. You know, it was it was something we could do that, you know, just wasn't ourselves. We could be someone else for a little while, and it was fun. So I know um, we've been sending a couple of tracks back and forth to, to each other through email, so I'm starting to get back into music again. I, I took a very long vacation from it because I needed to grow up. I needed to get a stable life and I needed something to say when I started writing again. Right. And, and I think that I've gone through enough where I can, you know, start making music again. But what I want to know is when, when you're working on music nowadays, what's your process? Well, um, I sit down and I, pull out some some 808s you know just lay down a beat um i mean that's always the the first step i do um and uh i just go from there um i mean as a whole um i haven't been getting back into music uh well it's been a slow process for me um just because you know it's the same thing you know like you just said um, I've been trying to establish my life and focus more on the the clothing design that I've been doing because I know that will go somewhere and I have talent there where I can pursue that. Mm -hmm. um, I never got a professional opinion on the music I make. So, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't know if that'll sell yet. Um, so when I sit down to make music now, it's more, you know, as a... A release for myself it's like a, you know just an expression um just so that you know if i feel in the mood i can sit down i can make music and uh it'll be something i enjoy whether or not anyone else does <laughs> so yeah man so w with me it's like i can't sit down and write a song unless i definitely have something to say so I think right. that's part of the reason why I haven't been making as much music. But now I I recently um, lived at an apartment complex for a little while with a guy. Um, ended up not working out between him and I. I got laid off from my job. And I had a yeah. really good job. I was doing uh, news editing and making good money. And, you know, I thought then that I had it all figured out. But once I got laid off, I, you know, wasn't working for a couple of weeks, got a new job. And I mean, now I work every day. I work from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day. Right. Be just because that's what I need to do right now. Yeah. I mean, you got to get the cash flow started, you know. Yeah. And so that's given me a lot of time to think. So within the past two months or so, I sat down, I, I had 
so much flooding through my head. I was having like a borderline anxiety attack and, and I didn't know what to do because I, I never get anxiety attacks anymore. Like I, the last anxiety attack I had was in high school. So I was like, okay, what's going on? And what I realized was there's so much happening that I haven't written down. I used to write everything. I would write every single day and I haven't written for about a year and a half and and I think that's kind of like my head telling me you know you get back at it again do something do something creative so right. that and and I mean that's why I wanted to start this podcast I <laughs> I love music I've always loved music and I just wanted to talk about it so now I have about five songs done for a project that's going to be 10 songs. Um, I have a couple of different album names floating around in my head, so I don't know what that's going to be yet. But um, one of them was uh, Ebenezer Gray. So I sat with that for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, I don't know if I like that. Like, it's cool, but it's weird. So then I, I'm one I got floating around now, it's called a Dead Lamb. I kind of like that. And that, um, kind of. like a trap album, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I thought about it and I was like, wait, Dead Lamb, that's kind of like killing innocence. Um, and that's kind of yeah. what I'm doing right now in my music. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting around with that. It very, it most likely isn't going to be that, but right, right, yeah, right. man. So I, I've been just writing, 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 writing. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. And for the first time in a while, I can comfortably say that I think I have another album in me. That's good. Yeah. And that's how I want to work from now on. I don't want to just keep making music just to keep making music. I mean, as always, it's going to be completely free. I um, don't look to profit off of that. Um, I used to think I wanted to, but I mean, I have a lot of fun doing it. So I mean, right, all, right. all I ask is if you listen to it, you know, tell me what you think of it. And I mean, that's what I've been saying for years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way about music, and uh, you know, um, that's the one thing that you know an artist wants. You know, at the end of the day, if you're a good artist and if you care about yourself at all um, or your morals, then you know the peak of music production is to have a solid audience that loves your music um, and honestly loves it, not just says they do, but you know really resonates with it. Um, and the, the you know I could go for hours about the mainstream music industry and how corrupt it is and everything, but it's like at the end of the day you have so many artists that put money first um, and it's like creators are lost in that and um, you know there's there's talented musicians out there that um, are huge you know they're absolutely huge you know Justin Bieber and all the rest and they're very talented I heard that know? and just two years ago Justin yeah. Bieber cut his tour short 
Like, he still had, like, half of the yes. rest of his shows to do, and yeah, he already he made, like, $9 million yep. off of it. You you don't need to do anything once you have $9 million. <laughs> and that's not even the total amount of what he was going to make on tour. No. Yeah, and, and I, I heard about that, too. And it's interesting because uh, he... he uh, I kind I kind of respect him more a little bit now because I I saw this video of um he was trying to what was he doing There's some water on the floor of the stage and he was trying to wipe it up with the rag and his fans would not stop grabbing him as he was literally just wiping up some water and he left the stage he stormed off the stage and I respected that because it's like you understand now that it's about the music and it's not about you know people obsessing over you and i think you know some artists are starting to realize that that you know hey this is actually like kind of twisted that i have so many fans and so many young people that you know just love me really more than themselves at the end of the day they're loving through other people they love the artist more than they're focusing on themselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they have that heavy, hard-cutting obsession. Yeah, it's just, it really, it's sick, you know. Um, but, and I mean, I'm, I'm happy that they're getting obsessed over music and and not no, yeah, something you, you, else. But not, at the right, same, right. it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy, and yeah, and really, what it is is the reason suicide rates are are going through the roof is um it, it, it stems from things like that because people don't love themselves or people don't you know take care of themselves you have to put yourself first sometimes you can't put celebrities first you know that, that's not gonna help you at all yeah and uh, i mean and if you go back to justin bieber like this kid was very 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 famous when he was what like 13 he's been and then people are always like oh man justin bieber went crazy how could you not go crazy exactly exactly. like you still have your brain has so much more growing to do right right and then you're a millionaire yeah and he's never really known what it's like not to be like one of the most famous people on earth Right, and so eventually you break down, and and uh, you know I think it's uh, helpful really to him to have that moment where you're you're breaking down and you're you know coming to that self-actualization that you know hey like wait a minute I'm just a human being you know and uh, I it it's it's interesting it really is because. Um, a lot of normal people go through that every day. Um, but when you're, you know, you have millions from the, the day you were born, it's like, you know, where do they go through that? When when does that happen? Where they, you know, try to face, you know, their real issues instead of hiding it behind dollar signs. Like the number of kid stars who, who develop serious drug addictions or commit suicide is staggering. It's staggering. It's insane. Um, and I, I, another thing I go back to and confuses me to no end is, you know, Chester Bennington's suicide. 
Yeah, um, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> because, I mean, he had a family. He was amazing. He he had such a support system. Um, and, I mean, he was he's a 41-year-old guy. You'd, he, you know, you'd think he would have, you know, been through that already. Um, but it's just, it just was so sad to see um, and, and confusing to me. Um, that you know, so someone like that would would take their own life. You know, it's a, really a bad example to young kids out there too. You know that now, hey, suicide suicide's an option, but it's not. <laughs> did they find any drugs in his system? Do you know that? Um, I, lo- I looked into it, and uh, I- I'm pretty sure he was he was tripping on something. Um, cause a lot of these pain pills nowadays that they're describing people are making people depressed. Yes. Yeah. And the side effects are, yeah, very, very severe depression. And that's like um, one, one of the things that I can think of that would lead somebody who, um, for the most part seems to be pretty put together in such a downward spiral. But I mean, yeah. obviously there are other things, other like events in your life, things that, or, or maybe, he was just really good at hiding the fact that he had right. been struggling for a long time. Right. Yeah, and, and that's another thing is, you know, people can have traumas that they went through as children or something and and they never, ever deal with it. You know, it never gets solved. It never gets, you know, faced. Um, it just gets pushed under the rug and um, they end up, you know, <laughs> a 41-year-old guy and... Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very, you know, sad that music has a part in this. Um, I wish it didn't because you know music is wonderful and it helps so many people. But uh, really, it has you know, kind of uh, nudged the younger generation into to you know, kind of those thoughts. If you know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but before we wrap this up. Um, yeah. What uh, dude? What are you listening to nowadays? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's a uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, okay. So I guess well, I'll run down the list. Um, not artists, but uh, you know, I can you can share the playlist if you're so inclined. No, oh, absolutely, um, I will. But so I have okay. So I have at the top of my list. Um. Or, you know, the first thing I added to this playlist was Bruce Springsteen, if you can believe it. Oh, he's uh, on my playlist. <laughs> so he's on there. Um, so that, you know, tells you that genre's there. But I have a lot of new electronica um, with uh, – I, I try to do more vocal-based, um, but I do have quite a few instrumentals too. Um, I can't really put a genre to what it is because – um, I very much gravitate towards uh, unique sounds, and anytime I find something that I really haven't heard before, or I've heard before but it's done differently, um, it's just you know I have to listen to it, and uh, I get very attached to music like that. Um, but I also need new music, so the whole playlist is made up of you know a lot of new and a little bit of old. Um, people listening to this podcast, please recommend music. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a huge reason why I'm starting this. I want to know what everybody's listening to. Yeah. 
Um, also, one one album I really have to to shout out um, is "I Am Easy to Find" by The National, um, because literally got that if, on vinyl. <laughs> really? Yep. Oh, nice. Literally, if someone messaged me and <laughs> asked me to tell me tell them about my character, my personality, I would send them a link to that album. Oh, it's um, incredible! Just because it's literally. Uh, and I, I say that very freely, but it is. It's it's. Um, I resonate with it so much, and it just feels like me in those lyrics. Um, so it's very special to me. So. We we've had a lot of uh, good albums that came out very, this yeah, year. A lot, a lot. This was an impressive year for music. It was. And twenty eighteen was good too. I mean, obviously you had Trench, um, which I've gained a lot more respect for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I'm into it now. It took me a while, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an acquired taste, but it, it's it's very phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, there's there's been, you know, very many releases. I mean, there's been a few trash releases, as always. Oh, yeah, that's always going to come. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I have to ask you, what are you, what are you uh, banging? Dude, I... Ever since I graduated from high school, I've just listen to so much stuff um right now believe it or not if if you would if you would have asked me six years ago if i'd be into this i'd I'd laugh in your face but i'm really (laughs) into like western outlaw country music really dude it's so good so many really good artists that they're never gonna play on the radio like um like coulter wall is one of them he's so good uh Tyler Childers, Cody Jenks, um, Sturgill Simpson, like a lot of these, it's it's really good. Um, I've been I stopped listening to rap like entirely for a yeah, long no, time. No, I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I mean, I keep updated, but you know, it's it's neither here nor there for me. Yeah, and I mean, I've just been like recently like putting a, a couple of rap albums into my playlist and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just, um, just tackling, but yeah. Just like recently, within the last week, I've been getting really into Denzel Curry. Yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal for sure. That dude goes so hard and yeah, says, no, "I've always been partial to fast rap, fast hard rap." Yeah, um, like that. I, he put out an album last year called Taboo that was the. It's the whole album is about forty two minutes long, and dude, it's a trip. Gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I. I'm really getting into like jazz. Oh really? Um, like acid jazz, like new wave jazz. Um, yep, yep. One there's one per- I'm gonna do an episode on this dude at some point, but one guy I, I cannot recommend enough. It's a dude named Robert Glasper. Um, to put really? this guy into context, he produced a large majority of Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Really? So when you listen to him, you'd be like, well, where do I know this from? It's from that. He's a classically trained pianist. Nice. Um, and he's got this album called Black Radio. Okay. And this came out, um, I'm not going to give you the right one, the right year, but it came out recently within the last three years. Okay. And it, it's definitely in my top five albums that I've heard this year. Nice. All right. Well, I got to head out. Um, It's been really nice talking to you, dude. 
Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, calling up. Oh, no problem. I'd love to have you on again sometime. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Sweet. All right, we'll see you later, man. All righty.